cave without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. And make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. God, now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's dance, bozo. Hello and welcome to Gotham City Limits, the premier podcast about all things Batman. He is Vengeance, he is the Knight, and I'm M. And that's Autumn. I'm Autumn. He said the line this week. He said the line! (laughs) I literally shouted he said the thing. I did uh, Like I'm Gal (laughs) Gura. I was... I was in the kitchen making pancakes, and literally, uh, I shouted, and Nora like looked at me like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Great. So we recorded. We recorded on what thir- Wednesday, Thursday last week. Thursday, I think. Yeah. It, it, in that time, I've I got like halfway into season two of Gotham, but that's when I was at the last days of my day job, and now I'm not working. So who knows if I'll ever go back to Gotham. <laughs> I, this is this is this is why TV is hard for me because I watch it in weird fitful spurts, and then when I drop it, I never come back. Um, I think last time I mentioned that I had started playing Arkham Origins, and oh, next time I'll have more thoughts. I just haven't played it because uh, I'm going on a vacation next week, and um, uh, I've just been working seven days in a row uh, since before that. So I have not played any fucking video games. <laughs> Oh, have you listened to uh, Blockbusters yet? No, no. Okay. I was going to we, today, actually. Jackson invites themselves on to talk about Batman Forever at some point on this podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let you know now. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I was meant to mention this like before or after the show. Do we want, when I'm back from my vacation, to go into Batman 89? So, oh, do we want to do 89? I was just going to do returns, but if we want to do 89, we can. Okay. Let's do let's do 89 and then returns. Okay. Let's split them up by a couple weeks. Let, like, let's go back to the show. Yeah. We're planning on the podcast. This is who we are. We're cool. Yeah. Sounds good. When you come back, we'll do 89, and then we'll do a couple weeks of the show, and then we'll do... Because we need to do returns before too long, because um, it's important. <laughs> we should probably do it before the cat and the claw, right? Like, that's probably... Yeah. I don't know how long that is until we get there. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway. Um, this week we're not talking about oh, we, any of we've that. Got, we've got time. We've got time. We've got time for that. Yeah, this, uh, this time we are talking about, uh, the third produced episode, Nothing to Fear. Would you like to give us a five-sentence summary of Nothing to Fear? Okay. Um. Sentence one. Bruce Wayne attends a charity event for the Gotham University uh, where he eavesdrops on people talking about some robberies at the university and um, is told by a professor that his father would be ashamed of him for just being like um, an airhead billionaire, basically. 
Sentence two. Um, we are introduced to the Scarecrow as he is robbing the university. And you see sort of his deal is that he uh, can hit people with this fear toxin. Sentence three. Batman tries to stop him. Um, gets hit with the fear toxin. And... Uh, has a vision of his father saying he's ashamed of him. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's it for sentence three. Sentence four. Um, Batman and the police are in pursuit of Scarecrow, uh, and Batman like tracks him down as Jonathan Crane owner of crane chemicals who is a disgraced professor at the university um and batman puts together that he's probably trying to get revenge on the people of the university sentence five um scarecrow is in a blimp and batman like comes for him on this blimp and um like gets hit with the fear toxin again but he says the line and he faces his fears and he just pushes through and he beats the hell out the joker and saves the day yeah that's fair uh i feel like you missed the heart of this episode but you know you got the plot down (laughs) i i got i thought about it as i was as i was going through i was like "Mm, i skipped something important but i need to finish the plot (laughs) So, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's my best five sentence summary yet, but I'm still I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. So this is like two things. One, this is our introduction to Scarecrow, and he gets a full on villain story, origin story, mm-hmm. in a way that, like, I guess Manbat did also, but Manbat's not like a an interesting recurring villain in the same way. It's like a creature feature. Like, you know, they do that when they want Batman to fight a big guy and right. killer Croc's not around. Um, this is a character that is like the quintessential Batman villain, someone with an obvious problem. That's kind of like Batman in many ways who Batman comes up against in like, you know, psychological ways that thwart his, uh, powers as Batman. Mm-hmm. But also it's the introduction of Batman's backstory stuff, which, you know, I feel like people do the joke now. It's like, oh, you're doing the parents in the alley getting their, getting, you know, getting shot, the broken pearls or whatever joke ever, because that's what every Batman thing is now. But at the time, uh, the 89 movie had done it and one late episode of the Super Friends had done it, but like 60s Batman never brings up why he's Batman. There's nothing about his dead parents. Mm. Um, talking about this was like not the thing because you were selling Batman to children. Uh, and yet here we are. Um, the, the ghost of Thomas Wayne <laughs> rises up and turns into a grinning skeleton man like it's EC Comics. It fucking rules. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is like, I think Batman stories work best when they're somewhere between like 40s detective novel and like 60s, like, creepy or eerie comics and like this mm-hmm. episode really fucking hits that on the head like it's so fucking good about that and also like i really liked i really liked that they do the origin stuff but it isn't like batman has a flashback to the pearls because like like 
even if it wasn't cliche then, it is cliche to me now, but, like, they actually really hit it in, like, a good way, I feel like, in this episode, where it doesn't feel like the thing you've seen a thousand million times. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the professor, like, being, like, you should be ashamed of yourself, like, hits, because, like, they animate Bruce really well in that uh, moment, and Kevin Conroy delivers his lines really well, and I just feel like the show kind of is coming into itself in this episode in a big way. Yeah, this is the first episode that I feel like really understands, like, the Bruce Wayne character is... Like, he's a huge goof. He just look, he just acts like an asshole all the time, but not in like a, like a gross way. Just in a way where you're like, this, what's this loser doing, like bumbling around? Um, but he has this like really earnest, like wounded child essence that like mm-hmm. Conroy really sells. Um, that I think makes Bruce Wayne like a really interesting character in this show specifically. Like, I think this is a good show for Br- the, the character of Bruce Wayne, someone who I don't think actually is used very well in most Batman media. <laughs> Right, like, there's a moment where, um, Alfred offers Bruce chicken soup because he's feeling bad, and I'm just like, ah! Like, that's just not something you would see in most, uh, Batman stuff, because, like, most Batman stuff is so self-conscious about not being for children, and this show, I think, like, walks the line about being for kids while not, like, being too, like, like, coddling kids, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, and, like, this is, you know, we I was like, we're going to do voice actors every day, and this has got to be Conroy's one, because uh, Conroy is fantastic in this show. This is, like, the thing he's known for now. Yes. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. He was, like, a, he was like a soap opera actor. He was in, like, Dynasty. We were looking up pictures of 80s Kevin Conroy, where he is unrecognizable, because Kevin Conroy, <laughs> to me, always kind of looks like a, like, middle-aged cowboy type guy. Yes. <laughs> Like he, he, like he, he's not, he doesn't vote Republican, but he definitely has like a rodeo belt. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, yeah, he, he got this role and he just fucking nails it. He's, he's been good. He immediately was good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there's like a story that he tells where like when this episode aired, like he ran, he ran across like a homeless guy who recognized his voice and he's like, I didn't know you could get recognition for just being a voice actor. Um, Oh, because wow. he does just kind of sound like Bruce Wayne. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like in the first two episodes he was good, but I feel like this is the episode where, like, and it, I think it's also partially like th- they give him more to work with as an actor. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. um, his performance really like comes together. Like, he figures out like the exact way to make Bruce like just an absolute doofus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that guy is like lashing out, like he's mad about his like research getting f- cut, right? Like, cause the, the university's like struggling or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's having a bad time. And so he just lashes out at the rich guy who totally could just pay for the university cause he's got billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, also he's getting needled by Summer Gleason, who finally we get like an actual character, like she's a reporter and she's, uh, like tough, but in like the obnoxious way that, uh, in Mass Effect, Bruce Wayne would punch her. <laughs> <laughs> they, that version. They really just made um, Vicky Vale with red hair a different name. Like it's just that character. Yep. <laughs> this yeah. is why I, I think, thought Vicky Vale think, was in I the show. <laughs> I think that's because this is this was initially is like especially meant to be a like this is the Batman from the movies, and Vicky Vale was the mm-hmm. first you know 
Kim Basinger played her in the first movie. So they didn't want to bring that character back. Mm-hmm. So they saw it, like, like they took <laughs> off all of the distinguishing features, but kept the same character idea. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is, I, I 100% just thought this character, I just made this character Vicky Vale in my head. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, everything with the Scarecrow really works in this episode, where he is like... So here's here's my thing. Yeah. The Scarecrow is goofy looking. Mm-hmm. I, this design doesn't work for me. He looks like a loser. He's just like a scrawny guy <laughs> with a shitty mask um, who looks like he's like Halloween cosplay for like five bucks trying to get it done. And not it's not working. I think it's like the red and brown just like yeah. bleed into each other in like a really ugly way. It's just like not a good look for like there's he's got the bag head, but there's like no like. There's no, like, straw motif or anything, really. He's just a guy with a bag on his head. He's just a loser. He's got, like, <laughs> he shoots gas from his, his like, witch fingers. <laughs> well, and then he takes the mask off, and he looks like even more of a fucking nerd. Of a doofus, yes. <laughs> and his whole, like, backstory is like, ah, I, was, I always love to scare people. And so I became the... Uh, leading professor of Gotham University at Subliminal Psychology. How big is their psychology department that they have such a specialist professor? Well, a specialist professor who apparently gets um, a room with, like, chambers where he can, like... Yes. <laughs> he can <laughs> guess people in these chambers. <laughs> like, it's weird. Yes. <laughs> It's really weird because that, that scene where he's like walking down his experimental ward where everyone is like doing, you know, he was doing experiments on humans feels like it should be Arkham Asylum, but we haven't really gotten to Arkham Asylum in the show yet. Yes. I don't, when do we get that? Because I, it's not. I don't know, but like, it almost feels like a show that was a little less like still trying to find itself would put him as a researcher in Arkham. Cause yeah, this is some Arkham shit where they're experimenting mm-hmm. on people. Yeah. Or later, he could be like tied into like Star Labs or Cadmus or all the weird government agencies that f- infest the DC universe later mm-hmm. on. It is, <laughs> but really- like him just working for for otherwise benign and positive force of change, Gotham University gassing his students, his <laughs> undergrads, is ludicrous. <laughs> it's. Just- <laughs> I had to like when I got to the scene, I had to back up a minute because I had to be like, how do they sell this? Because like. It is so nakedly, like, just not an appropriate thing to be doing. And, like, how does he think this is okay? And I backed up, like, oh, he's just a cartoon villain. Right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) There's no, they're not trying to, like, quote unquote, justify it. He's just a cartoon villain. (laughs) Um, this is also, um, this is also the episode that, like, uh, I feel like Harvey Bullock starts to work as a character. Um, and like his dynamic with Gordon starts to really work as a character. It's um like they're still doing the like super exaggerated animation on Bullock that in a but it works a little better than it did in the first episode, I think. And um just him being like a fucking um uh, I don't know, like I, I don't know how to describe Harvey Bullock. He is like a like I would describe other characters as a Harvey Bullock if I saw them in other media, but like yes. him playing off of Gordon in this episode is so good. 
Well, we also get him being the one to confront Batman, who last yeah. we saw, he was, like, ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. It's not the pilot anymore. We toned that shit down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he goes up and he's, like, yelling at him, like, oh, where's the evidence? How'd you fuck this up? Uh, you know, Zorro running around here, which is, uh, you know, good. Uh, love when we remember the Batman's a Zorro type. That's what he always has been. This is also... Um... I really like Batman uh, stories where Batman, like, has a relationship with Gordon, but, like, the rest of the department can't really know about it. Um, Yes. That is, like, my preferred thing. But this other thing where, like, every cop just sees Batman is like, oh, it's that guy. He's a deputy. (laughs) You know? Well, this one's weird because, like, it's in that weird middle period where, like, they don't really know what to feel about him, but they're not negative about him. There's this ludicrous scene where... Uh, Scarecrow gasses Batman. He's stumbling out or whatever. And uh, one of the guards comes up and he goes, Batman, what happened? And he's like, Scarecrow. And he goes, Scarecrow, what do you mean? <laughs> Just like a ludicrous, little, what do you mean a Scarecrow, Batman? The guy's like, no, the dude looked like a Scarecrow. <laughs> well, it's also funny because um, he says it as if he's met Batman a couple times. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Hey Batman, how'd you fuck up this time? Oh, there's a scarecrow man. <laughs> it, this guy walks in as if he's used to like, oh right, it's one of those episodes where Batman gets beat up and then he's gonna come back and he's gonna you know, so save the day at the end uh here. But I just caught him when he was getting beat up at first. <laughs> yep. Oh, they say the Batman's like a, a demon stalking the night, but every time I see him, he's got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> it's a little hard to take him seriously. Bullock thinks he's a menace, but I don't know. Seems like he's not all that. I could probably take him. It, it, it really works because it's also in the, um, just how they do Batman in this sh- show in general is that it's like a weird middle ground between like, in Batman 66, he's just wearing, like, cloth, and, like, in everything since then, he's wearing, like, leather and armor and shit, and, like, they animate him, like, not quite so stiff all the time, so he does kind of look like just a guy running around in a funny suit in the show, so it really works when just a random cop's like, oh, it's that guy. Yes. <laughs> he's not threatening if you just see him after he's gotten the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode is animated by uh, Dong Yang Animation, who end up doing most of the uh, episodes in this show. I feel like they they do t- dozens of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are one of the big animators of the show, um, and they work on they work through uh, this entire series, like everything but the Zeta Project, which is a show I've never seen, but is like a, technically a spinoff of Static Shock. I think I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what Static Shock. It's about, is. It's about a, like a runaway robot, huh? It aired for 26 episodes. Oh, it was a spinoff of Batman Beyond. For some reason, I thought it was a Static Shock spin. I've uh, never watched it. So uh, Static Shock's good. I've never heard of the Zeta I never really watched Static Shock. I got I got into Static Shock way later when I read the comics. Mm. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this cartoon because I can't imagine it like, doing the thing the comics do because uh, Milestone were, are still ahead of the game in terms of what good comics stuff looks like. Yeah, I've never... Um... I never read any uh, Static Shock comics. I just, uh, like, was a huge fan of the show when it was on when I was young and then um, have sort of become aware of, like, Dwayne McDuffie as a, you know, person involved in all these things. And I read a bunch of Dwayne McDuffie Marvel comics, but I've never read any of his Milestone stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when did I might look into this between between episodes. I don't remember when Dwayne McDuffie gets involved in the DC animated stuff. But, I also don't remember this. Uh, not going to worry about that right now. Yeah. Um, what else in this episode? So, um, what do I want? Um, oh, so the, while I think the Scarecrow is like kind of a goofy guy in this show specifically and i i don't i've never liked the scarecrow that much i think this episode makes a really good argument for him as a good batman villain because it immediately posits him as the one person that we meet who's like able to shake the thing that makes batman impervious which is that he's a guy with the most intense self-control that can trauma force his way through anything Mm -hmm. like the Joker's whole thing, like, you know, in a lot of media, like, uh, the killing joke, or whatever, is like, I'm gonna be the guy who gets Batman to break. I'm gonna make him laugh because he's gonna see that the world's a sick joke, blah, 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 Joker shit. Um, Scarecrow's able to do that, like, dose of gas. Bruce Wayne's over here, like, seeing his dad come out of the sky at him. Um, it works. He does it. He does the thing better than anybody else is able to. <laughs> um, in a way that's, like, really impressive and, like, really instructive of, like, you know, Batman's superpower is not that he's rich, it's that he's, a control freak to the point where he's able to craft an army of other wounded people around him <laughs> and is unstoppable. I mean, yeah, because like, um, I, I think it partially comes from this show and it car- partially comes from like some of the comics. Like there's sort of an adage that like Batman villains always have to reflect, um, who Batman is in some ways. And, mm. um, like, I think Scarecrow does that better than most Batman villains do because like because like Joker is, you know, quote unquote chaos to Batman's control freak. And like maybe it's just because you've seen that story like a zillion million times. It just doesn't like it doesn't always play as well as like, well, Batman's the superhero who's going to try and just scare the shit out of you. (laughs) And the best way to combat that is to try and scare the shit out of Batman. (laughs) Yes. Um, and also, yeah, Scarecrow is the villain who can make, um, who can make a big skeleton appear in the sky and make Batman say the line. (laughs) Yes. But Batman being able to exert his, like, identity as Batman is the thing that lets him marshal, like, against his own fear and doubt is literally, like, the best Batman stories are about him doing that, but too much to me. Like that's mm-hmm. what the Bat family's for is to pull him back from being that guy to the point where he is impossible to reckon with as a human being. Um, but right here in this, like it's good that sometimes he can just buckle down and be the person with iron will. Right. Um, and that, that means that you can not be, even though you are afraid you can get the job done. And I think that stuff's really good. Well, and importantly, like this comes from, this comes as like, He's swinging from the edge of a blimp that he just had to like grapple hook his way back onto. <laughs> like, yes. um, they just they sell it really well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's about to like crash and explode dramatically. It's like all all that stuff is good, like good uh, dramatic action sequence here. Does Batman? Because so Scarecrow is on the blimp with another one of his henchmen, and then the professor. Yeah. Does Batman just let that henchman die? <laughs> He falls out and lands on an awning in a very, like, cartoon, you survive way. Okay. (laughs) Though, we are in a world, like, Batman Returns has already come out, and Batman Returns opens with Batman fucking murdering a man. (laughs) (laughs) Infamously. Um, So while this show, while the show will later get into, like, Batman doesn't use guns and is the guy who, like, he doesn't kill or whatever, like... 
that bubble's been broken. Batman will kill a man. He puts a bomb on a guy and throws him down a chute, and that man explodes, and he's dead. There's no evidence that he's not dead. I, um... I, for me, like, Batman not killing people is, like, a good, important part of the character, but there's also just sometimes you walk into something, like, I really liked, um, uh, the, the, the Snyder Cut, the, the Zack Snyder Justice League movie, I really like that movie, I just kind of have to go into it with, like, this is a Batman who uses guns and just is fine with killing people, and I just... It's weird, because, like, if you ask me how I feel about Batman, I... I feel like I'm feel stronger about Batman doesn't use a gun more than I feel stronger about Batman doesn't kill people. And I don't know why that difference matters to me. No, I, I feel similarly. I, I think it matters both. I think for story reasons and also just like, if you let this character use a gun, it's going to rob so much stuff of drama of like, how's he going to pull yes. it off? <laughs> you know? I also think the killing thing ends up in weird situations like the end of Batman Begins where he's like, I, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. As then he lets him, like, Liam Neeson crash into a building and a train and explode. <laughs> like, that's not fun. That, he killed that man. That's, that's killing intent. Yeah. You know, we're going to get, we're going to get to the episode where Bruce Wayne and that ninja guy have a sword fight on a volcano. He's intending to kill that man. He is not going to do it with a gun, but he's intending to do it. Even if he doesn't actually be, he's not actually the one who does it. That's his goal. And sometimes it's all right if you just have to kill a motherfucker, if you're Batman fighting ninjas. (laughs) The Batman not killing people really feels like the only reason it happens is because, um, then the question becomes, why doesn't he just kill Joker? Like, it really feels like it is only to answer that question. And the answer is, well, because Joker's really fun to have around, <laughs> you know? And he I sells mean, he sells he, comics. Joker, yes, Joker used to be really fun to have around, but he does sell comics. I think, I think you have to understand, yeah, you have to understand the material conditions of writing stories. But also, I think the Batman villains, like the Gotham City villains, have a different bubble around them than any other villains that enter Batman's world. Like, when Batman's dealing with League of Assassins shit, when he's, like, dealing with Brainiac or whatever and superman shit like that's a different frame for batman Mm -hmm. than i'm going to take the riddler and two-face to arkham for like the 800th time (laughs) and they're gonna get out and they're gonna kill people but you that's just that's just part of the myth you have to be willing it's a man who dressed like a bat who could do anything you have to let it happen (laughs) but i mean like almost a more compelling story reason to me is just that like he hopes that these people can get better because like he he also wants to someday be a normal person and not yes. that he has some like extreme compunctions about the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. Though I, I kind of suspect Bruce Wayne is very anti-death penalty. Yeah, I, I very much see Bruce Wayne as a like uh I I often imagine people in universe being like, no, Bruce Wayne's a good billionaire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which also... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to those episodes, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne's jobs programs are definitely going to happen. <gasps> oh, Christ. I <laughs> I feel like this show isn't... This show does that, but it's never quite so bad. as like the comics that spin out of this show really get into like, no, 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 he's a good billionaire, I promise you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, like the Batman Adventures comics really get into like those things, and I hate them every time. <laughs> They're so dumb. Um, yeah, but 
Uh, that might be all I have for this episode. Uh, I do like that everyone sees Batman as a giant knight on Bald Mountain demon from Fantasia when they've got the chemicals going. <laughs> that is great. That is really fucking good. Yeah, the whole um, uh, when when Crane gets hits when Crane gets hit with the fear toxin, it just starts like yeah, seeing Batman as like this you know universal movie monster from the 30s like it's just good every time this show goes to that well it's good <laughs> do you remember the scarecrow uh hallucination of what batman looks like from batman begins uh mm, i know if i look at it i'll be like oh right but i haven't seen batman begins in uh, probably 10 let me years. see if i can find it real quick because it's very goofy <laughs> um oh they made a figure of it that's stupid um <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, uh, my image. God. Oh, did you find it? Oh, I forgot about this. The the Hannibal, uh, the Hannibal <laughs> guy, but Batman. It is just the Hannibal guy, but Batman. <laughs> this is so bad. They should do a they should do a Batman movie where he just looks like this. Like when he puts the mask on, he just looks like this, and no one explains it, and we all just have to deal with it, and it's fucked up. I thought you, you know, were like, going to say Batman. Why was Batman a demon? I thought you were going to say they should do a Batman movie where he crosses over with a uh, Hannibal Lecter, and that's also true. That's also <laughs> he also. Can you? The thing is, you'd have to get you'd have to get uh, what's his face, the guy who made Hannibal. Why can't I think of his name suddenly? Um. I can't think of his name either. I wasn't even Brian thinking Fuller. of him. Bri- you have to get Brian Fuller to direct it because I need I need Batman like wandering through like ornate Florentine villas in a fucking Batman costume as like Hannibal's eating food somewhere. It would be the greatest thing ever made. I'd never stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to quit my podcast because I was watching this on loop all the time. I just I'm just imagining and I don't know who you cast as Batman here. But I am imagining Batman, like, talking to uh, Will Graham from the TV show, and oh, it's magical. <laughs> That's the thing is, I don't really need Will Graham in this. Um, I need Hannibal. I'd like, I'd like, I'd like an interaction between Jack and Batman. <laughs> yes, for sure. Jack, Jack Crawford, in, in the, in the... The pantheon of sad cops, Jack Crawford might be my favorite sad cop in all of fiction. And you need Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, yes, yes. No, only that Jack Crawford. None of the other Jack Crawfords. Thank you very much. <laughs> there are other Jack Crawfords I like, but Lawrence Fishburne, just mm, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's my favorite part of that show. I mean, I like that show a lot, but he's my favorite part in it. Um, um, I sent you some figures of shitty Batman and Scarecrow. Man, the Scarecrow design in this in Batman Begins is so much worse than this. the show. I take it back. You can do worse. <laughs> Um, I, they, they're always trying to find new depths to take the, um, Scarecrow design to, because, like, the Scarecrow in Arkham Asylum is pretty decent, but the Scarecrow in Arkham Knight is just one of the worst character designs I've ever seen. Oh, the Bioshock Creep Man? Yeah, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> With, like, knife hands or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my favorite Scarecrow... There's a. Have you ever read Batman Black and White? Uh, some of it, yeah. 
there was a uh, story in that where like Scarecrow and Batman, like kind of in this episode, they end up gassing each other and it ends with Batman just like in, I think it's in like the police interrogation room, just sitting across from Scarecrow as like the sun goes down being oh, like, which yes. one of us is going to break first? Yes. <laughs> and it's fucking sick. It's like one of the sickest things Batman's ever done. <laughs> the thing about Batman Black and White is that... um Sometimes you read it and you're like, this is the best Batman story I've ever read in my life. And sometimes you read it and you're like, I fucking hate everybody who writes Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that is, that is, that is what an anthology is, baby. <laughs> sometimes they get Neil Gaiman in to write some shit and you're like, why? This guy sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, I remember that, um, Scarecrow also being very cartoony. I'm like trying to find panels online. I can't find a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you search Batman black and white, you just get a bunch of black and white art because right. everyone's useless. <laughs> Is it? Oh, well. Because I know the actual origin story of Batman black and white is that um, they just really liked creepy and eerie and wanted to do EC Comics shit. Um, but like, does that does Batman black and white start after this show? Because I feel like at least part of it has oh, to be trying to emulate almost. this show. I mean, I only read the collections, and it was way after this. I couldn't tell you, but I, I, that has to be true, right? It ran in Gotham Knights as a backup, but I don't remember when Gotham Knights was running. I want to say the late 90s. I, I feel like it was the late 90s. Yeah, it, ha- okay. it has to be, because I remember some issues of Gotham Knights dealing with, like, No Man's Land stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, I got into it, like... I didn't get into comics till way later, and uh, those are some of the collections I picked up first, and like really influenced a lot of how I want Batman to be in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I good re- and bad. I remember like reading or playing Arkham Asylum, watching this show, and googling just like you know ten best Batman books or whatever, and just like I read Year One, I read Dark Knight Returns, I read um, Batman and the Mad Monk, and then I just started reading Batman Black and White stuff. Um, yeah, mine was Returns, uh, Strikes Again, uh, Year One, um, this uh, Hush, Arkham Asylum, Killing Joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely read Killing Joke very early on and was like, maybe I don't yeah. like Batman, because <laughs> I've never liked the Killing Joke. Um, I thought it was fine at the time, but I did not understand the context of what it did to, like, Batgirl and shit, which makes it very hard to, like... Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that's just like a weird inciting insight. I didn't realize that became canon for that character going forward. And like, you know, they, f- I like Oracle a lot, but it sucks that they had to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> Oracle place. is not anything that that uh, comic introduces. The Oracle is somebody saying, hey, Killing Joke kind of like fucks over this character. Let's see what we can do to yes, like. Yes, absolutely. Um, but. If you are listening and you're in the Discord and you, ha- you know where that panel is of Scarecrow and Batman sitting across from each other, please post it because I remember it being sick and I would like my memory to be correct. And if it turns out that it's not sick, well, that's on me, I guess. <laughs> um, I think I found some panels from this uh, from this story, but I can't find the the one that yeah. you're talking about. It's really frustrating. <laughs> um, do you, have you ever read Hush? <laughs> talking about hush the other day with uh jackson <laughs> so i have not read hush but i have read a wikipedia summary of hush because i have okay. i have heard that hush is very bad 
maybe someday we'll cover Hush because uh, the the guy who who is Hush was in Gotham as like a student at Bruce's school. He beats up um Tommy, whatever. <laughs> I don't remember the name of top of my head, but uh, I was like, damn, Hush. Remember Hush? Uh, and Jackson was like, nobody knows what Hush is, and I'm like, Hush is like a major Batman story. Yeah, it's like what people recommend you read. It it's terrible, but people recommend you it's, read it. It's it's like. It might be the biggest solo Batman story of the 2000s, yes. other than, like, the Morrison stuff. Um, yeah, and that's because it's got, like, the Jim Lee art, it's, like, very yes. expensive looking, and it's, like, a $10 book because it's, like, three volume, like, three floppies or whatever. Right. Um, I remember that, because um, Paul Dini was, uh, who does this show, um, was writing detective comics around the time the Hush was coming out, and mm-hmm. I remember... I have not read it, but I have been told um, that shortly after Hush finishes, Paul Dini, like, brings that character into Detective Comics and basically does the exact same storyline, but better. (laughs) Oh, God. Great. Of course. Yeah. I mean, Paul Dini is, like, a criminal in different ways that we'll get to as we cover the show, but... um gotta be better than fucking hush right um <laughs> um the, oh, oh the one thing i do want to say about comics is this this show has a comic book uh called batman adventures i think yes it's incredible yes because they just get everyone who's working on batman books and comics in general to write one-off stories set in the show universe mm-hmm. and they all nail it it's so fun yes if you can like find it wherever you steal your comics i guess it's probably on comiXology or dc universe unlimited at this point please read it it's really yes. good i think they're they either brought it back or are bringing it back they, as like a new They brought series. it back. It's I have read the first two or three issues of um the new I don't remember. It's like it's not the new Batman Adventures. It's Batman the Adventure Continues. Um oh, okay. And I enjoyed it, but because it is a comic in 2021 and you can't in the 90s you could sell a comic that was like you're going to pick up this issue and the next issue will have nothing to do with it. You can't do that in 2021. You always have to have an ongoing story, basically. And so oh, yeah. they can't quite... I, I feel like they can't quite capture the essence of the old comic or the show because they have to, like... I think they're doing, like, a... a they're doing, like, a villain every week and, like, an overarching Deathstroke story, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Which is just not quite what you want it's it's good it's not bad but it's like it's just not this you know (laughs) yep yeah i mean that comic was like uh i got into comics like around like comics tumblr in like 2011 2013 somewhere in that Mm -hmm. time frame or whatever when people when people really cared what kate leth thought about anything yes yes (laughs) but but before that that was a twitter thing it was a tumblr thing um and that comic has like the big like uh batgirl and harley talking about having girlfriends like lesbian canon uh Mm -hmm. page in it which is like a really good christmas episode absolutely worth reading um but that that comic definitely goes with uh harley and ivy are a couple which i know is like basically canon now but for a long time that was the scraps people had was this (laughs) tie-in comic yeah part of the era a huge part of me getting into comics was like being into comics tumblr in 2014 and like yeah following kate leth and following like I remember Brian Michael Bendis used to have a blog where he would just, like, repost, like, cool 80s comics art, and I would just be like, wow, this looks so much better than anything they put out now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is also how I came up in comics, so it's very funny. Um, yeah. 
We're not talking it, about it just Batman means, at all. At it this just point. it just means it just means that Birds of Prey and Secret Six are like some of my favorite DC comics, despite being like marginalia for most people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is also that's what uh, people cared about. <laughs> Tumblr is one hundred percent the reason that I care about. Um, like bat family characters as much as i care about batman yes. himself because dc yes, is not the person pushing that <laughs> no yep this is the world we live in anyway we are definitely uh straying here but it's fun you know this is what the show is we talk about batman whatever that means yep. um next time we are covering the fourth episode which is the last laugh oh, more joker hell yeah hell yeah this is a good one it's not the best one, but it's this a good is, one. Oh, this is the one with all the sick uh, music, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It, awesome. It's it's no Joker's favor. It's no, uh, but it's a good one. So yeah. This has this has one of my favorite like one-off themes in like this show though. So okay, I haven't like, been paying a ton thing. of attention to the music, so I will listen for that next time. You will not. Mi- I guarantee you will not miss it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. There's also one other notable ridiculous thing in this episode, but we'll talk about it next time. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can listen to my other podcasts like um, I'm trying to pick something that will have an episode coming out soon. Uh, Ornate Stairwells. It's a movie podcast. It's good. We cover a, pe- a lot of erotic thrillers. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being and most of my podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. If you go to the bestgame.club, we just put out an episode of Abnormal Mapping, our monthly game club, about Lost Odyssey, which is a game that is, like, kind of uneven, but we have a lot of affection for, and the episode's a banger. Um, we had Molly on, who I assume everyone knows who's listening mm-hmm. to this. You better. Um, or she'll come for you. <laughs> um... But uh, you can check that out. Uh, you can support me at Patreon, patreon.com slash normalmapping. If you pay $5, you get, uh blockbusters which comes out every month we just watched and released an episode on final fantasy the spirits within where we end up spending about 20 minutes talking about what makes a good one-liner in film and just it just goes for a while we just end up all over the place in that episode (laughs) um (laughs) anyway you can find this podcast on the export audio network at export odd.io slash batman uh if you want to support the podcast you can export odd.io and for one dollar a week a month, mm-hmm. a month. You will get this podcast a week early and all the other podcasts a week early. There's a lot of them. You should listen to them. They're fucking good. Yeah. Uh, this podcast time slot is changing. Um, it will not be the same bat time or same batch. Cha- it will be the same batch RSS feed, <laughs> I guess, but not the same bat time. Um, is that going to be next week? Probably that that starts. Would be yeah. Guess? I got to figure it out because I, I'm going on this vacation. And so I will, I'll figure out when, um, this, uh, we got an episode coming out on the first, and then I might just have another yeah. episode come out on the fifth. The yeah. episode we're that we're going recording to be a come Monday out on the podcast, fifth, and then we'll yeah, yeah. Because we we are going, we mostly record on Thursdays. This is a Tuesday one, but yeah, we record on Thursday, and then it'll be the Monday after for patrons, and then a week after that for everyone for free. Yes. So that's going to be the plan. Yes. Um. Thank you for listening again. Tell your friends if you like the show, because uh, you know, we all got a lot of podcasts. This is like our th- this is like our fourth podcast for each of us. So it's uh the one that we like, but mm-hmm. you know. Word of mouth counts a lot. Yes. So thank you so much for watching and uh, Batman. Batman.